Amen. I'm just happy to be in the house of the Lord today. <clears throat> Amen. No, no better place to be. Amen. Amen. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me. From every fear, those who look on Him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed, never be ashamed. Magnify, magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt, come exalt His name together, glorify the Lord with me. Are we in Amen. We're going to start over again. Amen. All right. Knock the rust off. Let's go. Amen. Give me a little intro there, guys. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me. Oh, yes, those who look on Him. Shame, never be a shame. Magnify, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah, come exalt his name.
taste and see Oh, he's so good Oh, blessed is he Who hides in him Oh, fear the Lord Oh, all you saints Who give you everything here but there's many sick amen that old devil <clears throat> we had such a successful camp that old devil said uh, well I'm just going to make you pay for it and I'm just telling him you know what it's worth it I'm sure every one of them, the people that are home today sick would say it was worth it amen 
Bless you, brother. Bless you. Bless you. I have a confession to make. I have a little cut on my head. I got into a fight. I did. I took a pair of lineman's pliers out of my tool bag, pulling on a wire, putting in a ceiling fan. It decided to say, no, I'm letting go, and it hit myself right in the head. My own worst enemy, huh? God bless you. I thought a little... Humor wouldn't hurt you. A lot of you have seen it. A lot of you are like, what's going on? That way you know I got in a fight with a pair of pliers. Amen. If you have a request upon your heart this morning, let's, besides remembering all those that are sick, our loved ones, our little ones, and that are not serving God at this time. Amen. And as we heard that Sunday school lesson, it is just getting so dark. And he's coming soon. Amen. The bride, the, it's a glorious day. But for those that are outside of that, it's going to be the most horrible day anybody has ever been. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your grace and mercy to us, Father. I pray that you would just, those hands that were raised, Father, were, weren't raised for no reason, Father. And you know the request behind that hand this morning. Lord, we have many that the devil wasn't happy with camp. But Lord, we can take the pain. Father, I know there was so much that you did for so many different people. And Lord, as your group of people believing here today, you will answer each and every request. As we collect the tithes and offerings, I pray that you just bless the cheerful giver, Father. Bless those that are visiting, Father. May you just abundantly fill their cup and overflow it, Lord. We love and worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you were the word at the beginning. One with God the Lord most high. Yeah. 
Over every fear and anxiety, 
Amen. Is that what you want this morning is for him to come and change your hearts? Amen. You can have your seats. Amen. Brother Enoch, you have a special for us this morning, brother? Come on and sing it for us. Let's give Brother Enoch a hand.
From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature you need in the song that is seen. All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and know them by name.
Oh, praise God. He is indescribable. I mean, there's so many words we could use, but none of them fully. I mean, oh, there's not a human word that can fully describe the Lord. Let's all stand together. We're going to change the order of the service over. And just know that whatever you're in need of today, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus is able. If you have financial needs, if you have, you want more of the Holy Ghost, you want, you know, you need healing, like our pastor <clears throat> is at 100%, but we're going to claim it for him. We're going to speak healing over the words that are spoken over the pulpit today. We're going we're gonna to speak freedom for those that are captive today. <clears throat> and just invite the Lord to open every door inside the door. Every door, Lord. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing. Trust in you, 
I reach my hands. I reach my hands to the heaven. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. can't stay sickness can't stay any longer your perfect love your perfect love is casting out fear oh hallelujah you are the God of all power and it is your will that my life is We've got quite a bit out, a man under the attack of the enemy, but uh, he still ain't nobody. Amen. You know, don't ever forget my meaning. That's not just, I'm not just saying that, you know, like a wise guy, you know, you ain't nothing. It's really not that. What I'm meaning is more definitive than that. He makes no decisions about my life, period. He ain't nobody to me. Amen. He's my adversary, but the Lord already defeated him. So if I'm in the line and order of God's word, then God is obligated to back his word. Amen. He doesn't owe me anything, but he owes his word everything. Amen. So you just remember that today. Satan makes no decisions for your life. That's what he wants you to think. That's not true. Amen. My life, my times, as David said, are in God's hands. Alone. That's it. Amen. And I love reminding the devil of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. You believe it? <clears throat> Happy to have visitors here with us today. Thank you for coming to make up for our uh, slim crowd today. Sister Princess, so good to see you today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody turn around and stare at her. Amen. Right there. <laughs> Happy to have her here. It's been too long, sis. You should have been here sooner. Amen. We're going to be remembering different families that are out today. Amen. And even in my family, different ones, uh, grandkids and everything. Amen. So just the devil, just angry and mad and uh, prince of the power of the air. But remember, 
Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Doesn't mean he doesn't have some power and ability, but the power you have is greater than his power because your power is pure, uncut power of God. His power is God's power perverted. See the difference? Amen. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 55 today. want to continue by the help of the Lord from Sunday previous to the camp. Amen. I only got a little ways down into that, and I have more ground I want to cover today. I won't get to it all. Amen. It looks like there will be at least a third part minimally. And so... Uh, so we just want to cover today what the Lord has burdened our heart with, and I had to figure out where, where that limit is. <clears throat> Amen. But I believe I found it, and I believe I, I've got the mind of the Lord here this morning. <clears throat> well, I want to hear it again. <laughs> We're going to recap a, just a wee bit this morning. Isaiah chapter fifty-five. And we're going to read verses 6 through 9. You have it? Say amen. And I don't think I had any other announcements to make. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, 6 to 9. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Boy, is that good advice? All right. <clears throat> Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. Here's the good news. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You'd think nobody would turn this down. I mean, that's amazing that the offended party is willing to be forgiven, forgiving. And we're not the offended ones. He is. We're the ones who offended him. And yet he's coming forward to say, just return to me and it'll all be okay. Wow. Um, for my, watch what he said. Now we have a hard time understanding that, but he's going to help us here in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord, thanks be to God. If I was running the kingdom of God, we'd be in a mess. If you were running the kingdom of God, we'd be in a mess. Hallelujah. Thank God. Everybody say, thank God. Hallelujah. He's in control. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now, there's the heavens are... Uh, unlimited, friends. We're not just talking about the clouds. We're going on out into the Milky Way and on out into Alpha Centauri and on, 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 and on, and on to no end. Amen. That's how far His ways are above our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Master, we thank You for your word this morning. I thank you for the anointing to preach. And Lord, let it be upon my body. <clears throat> Lord, so many of us not hitting on all cylinders today, myself included, but I know the anointing will make up for it. And so I'm willing to spend and be spent, Lord, for your kingdom, for your people. 
I pray you will help us now be with my voice and my throat and uh, give me your mind, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. better this Sunday than a couple weeks ago when I had to call that out. So I hope it ain't just because of a thin crowd. Don't forget, don't, you know, don't be running in and out so much, friends. You need to be here. You need to hear every God. There's always necessities. Sometimes it has to happen, mothers with babies and different things like that. And little kids sometimes have emergencies, so do adults. But uh, let's that, you know, pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> So last time when we took up this thought, summing up the world near the end, and that's where we are. And so I, I, we took this, uh, this, this philosophical approach. We didn't. That wasn't the approach to our sermon. We were taking the word eudaimonia from. We were contrasting the Aristotelian way of contentment and fulfillment and joy and happiness. And we were contrasting that with the ways of Christ and the Word of God. And Brother Branham did that, and we were patterning. This sermon is, and I've recommended that you go and hear it, because this series is patterned off of Brother Branham's sermon, Wisdom versus Faith. And we're not talking about the good kind of wisdom, which is God's wisdom. It's the only one that's good. We're talking about the wisdom of man, all right? So let's go back and let's revisit that so we can get that fresh in your mind because it's been a couple of weeks. I'll take my PowerPoint now, Brother Caleb. <clears throat> There's only a couple of slides, so you can just make the change for me, Brother Caleb. All right, let's, this is eudaimonia or eudaimonia. It's pronounced various ways. It means happiness according to the Greeks, all right? Keep that in mind, all right? Next screen. Um, thought we had a backup one. Caleb, I see, so I'm wondering where my text is. Let me read this for you since I, somehow it's not there. Uh, eudaimonia is a term which comes from Aristotle's work called Nicomachean Ethics, and it means individual well-being and happiness. Got that? Individual well-being and happiness. And, and Aristotle is going to put it forward as a pursuit, not just a, that this is an important point, not just a temporary feeling, but he's saying this is, this should be your pursuit. He's trying to teach you his ways to find peace, contentment, and happiness in your life, all right? It combines the prefix eu, meaning good, and diamon, which means spirit in the Greek. Socrates also delved into goodness and the virtues of knowledge leading us to achieve the ultimate good. Now, keep it, Brother Branham's sermon in your mind, wisdom versus faith. All right, now my next screen. Oh, there it is. The word eudaimonia is an ancient Greek word that appears in many philosophical texts. Historically, it has been translated as happiness in philosophical uh, context, though it can mean wealth, prosperity, or good fortune. However, most modern historians claim that this is an inaccurate translation. Eudaimonia is not an emotion. 
It is more a constant state of being. All right, take that down. Now, we're not trying to, as I said to you last time, I'm not looking to preach a psychology to you today, all right? But, but, but don't, don't shut me off because I'm coming from the angle that Brother Branham took, wisdom versus faith. And he took it, and not only in that sermon, but Brother Branham talked about the reasoning of God and Eve reasoned the word and should have stayed with God's word. And this is a constant battle and the reason for that, and I'm going to say this more than, more than one or maybe more than a couple times, you're going to have to remember that, the, that even though you're born again of the Spirit of God, you're still living in an unconverted body. And your flesh, which Brother Branham divides it up between flesh and spirit, that's really those ten senses that make up the fallen part of you. That soul, that's you, is the nature of God. That, that's the real you. Amen. As Paul said, at one time we were all um, had our conversation in the lust of the flesh, the things of the world. Is that right? Is that right? And and we were the children of wrath, even as others, right? But God, who is rich in mercy, loved us while we were sinners. He loved us already. He didn't start loving me when I repented. He loved me because I came from Him. And he knew, he always knew I would believe his word. And I do. Because I can't not. You say, well, what about the parts you don't understand? Friends, if your faith doesn't go beyond your understanding, you're in a world of hurt. My faith always is going to go beyond my understanding because God has already told me his ways are higher than mine. And his thoughts aren't like mine. And if I try to figure him out with my own thinking, I'm going to be in a log jam. Things aren't going to seem right. They're not going to seem fair. They're going to, you know, we've got to realize that this fallen let the mind which was in Christ be in you. See, let that one operate. Let that one inform your thinking. Let that mind guide your footsteps. Is that fair? If you don't, then, then you'll, you'll find yourself uh, in, in, a, in a ditch, sure, sure enough. I want to be in a ditch. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to I be, amen, balanced in the word of God. I, my goodness, I, I heard a great man make a great statement. He said, you know, and to this effect that if you're going to walk and follow Christ, you're always going to have people, you know, who who get offended when you're not in their ditch. I don't want to be in nobody's ditch. I want to be in the middle of the road. Amen. So we found out then that that, that part of you, that, that memory and reason and affection, conscious and imaginations, say, well, I thought it was, you know, my taste, my touch, my smell. Those are just inlets. That's how you contact the world through your touch, through your sight, through your hearing, through your smell, through your taste. But that, that, that part of you that makes decisions is in your mind where the memories are. And Satan can anoint those. And then he can, he can light up your imagination and tie it to a memory and then pour in some reasoning and get you thinking there. And if you're not careful, then that thought, which could be contrary to the word of God, will cause your flesh body to act out in ways that aren't according to this. 
See, and that's why my dad always told me, he reminded me of the scripture, bring every thought subject, every thought. Can we agree with that today? Bring, because I should, because I have to know, you know, a, a man's got to know his own limitations. Amen? Man's got to know his own limitations. A man's got to realize that, 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 that his heart is, is, is exceptionally wicked and deceitful. See? That human, that fallen part of you, and it will misguide you and mislead you and, and disappoint you, and you'll be disappointed in yourself. You'll say, how did I do that? How did I let this happen? Because you didn't bring every thought subject. And my dad said, if you'll just do that, it'll never get to the flesh, because if you'll take that thought contrary to the word and bring it to, to the Holy Ghost, he'll kill it. Amen. We remember, oh, remember, brother, Brother Joe Howdashell's, you know, what was it, the hobo or the bum that he threw it in, threw it in jail and, and, and he, you know, he said he thought of it that way, you know, put him in prison. <clears throat> oh, my, it was so funny, but it was so good. So, so we find that this is, this is so necessary. My, there's so much I want to say today, but I'm going to have to be real studious and stick to my notes or I won't get uh, what, what the Lord has for us today. I feel myself wanting to run ahead. <clears throat> So, so just as a refresher, so make, so make sure we're clear in wisdom versus faith. So this term, this Greek term eudaimonia is a concept of ancient Greek philosophy and it refers to a state of flourishing, well-being, or happiness that in Aristotle's view... the higher value in the approach of Christ, see, toward uh, eudaimonia or toward what is real, lasting happiness and fulfillment. In part one, we exposed the flaws and the inferiority of man-made wisdom, amen? Since, 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 I, since Aristotle's view, his approach relies on, and here's the fatal flaw, it relies on the goodness of humanity. Which God had already said that there's none good, not one. See? 
know, just like I, I said here, it's not in my notes, but the Holy Spirit brings it back to my memory. You know, we just came from our youth camp, and we believe that young men and young women should, should seek the will of God within the family of God, should seek God to bring their predestinated mate, and their focus should only be, and they should never look outside the family of God. And, 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 and if you find yourself uh, with a, a fancy for someone outside the word of God, stay out of the way and let God bring them in. Because all you'll do is hinder God and you'll hinder that person, see? And so you say, well, oh, he's a good boy. I've heard that so many times. Girls who oh, go outside the, the safety of God's word, oh, he's a good man. No, he's not. There's none good. Boys say, oh, she's a good girl. No, she's not. There's none good until you're born again of the Holy Spirit and even then you're still got a fallen nature in your flesh. See? So this was, this was the Aristotelian flaw because it relied on the goodness of humanity which is never guaranteed. Whereas, in contrast, God's word and God's ways are always good. And they're always correct. So Aristotle's approach, while sounding admirable, it has its limitations precisely because that it, it relies on human willpower and effort to achieve a sense of, of real joy and happiness. In other words, it puts the burden of something, it, it, it puts the burden of the individual to be good and virtuous. The way of Christ, on the other hand, as we said last time, offers something much more. It offers a spiritual transformation that comes not of our own efforts, but clearly from the grace of God. This is why denominationalism is no good. It, all it is is denominationalism is only just more of Aristotelian theory. It's what it's based on, see? It's based on, as Brother Branham said, it's man's wisdom. It's reasoning of man. That's the beauty of the Christian message. That God loves us unconditionally and made a way for us to be reconciled to him through Christ regardless of our failures, regardless of our shortcomings. This is why Brother Branham would say that, the, that God will never condemn a man for being a sinner. That because he was born a sinner. See, God knows that. God's a just God. You're not going to impugn him with injustice. Every man, he said he knows that man was born a sinner. Brother M said that's not what will condemn him. What will condemn him in the end is that he remained a sinner <clears throat> when he didn't have to. That the blood of the lamb provided a way out. See? And so in part one we found that the human, that human happiness, and this was a big point, that human happiness, and I, and I didn't make this, I didn't really cabbage down hard on it on part one, so I really want to nail it down today. That human happiness and human joy are different from the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Because the joy of the Lord, that is our strength, doesn't require happiness or fortunate circumstances or blessing. In the rain, you still have it. In the cloudy, you still have it. In the trial, you still have it. The joy of the Lord super 
supersedes all conditions that we might face. That's, what's, that's why it's supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. So it's only achieved through the indwelling spirit of Christ Jesus. Ha- having him living in you. Jesus brings it down to, as they say, you know, we have these, these sayings, Jesus brings it down to the brass tacks in, in St. John chapter 3. Jesus, as we would say, puts it on the money. Jesus, as we would say, he hits the nail on the head. Here, you ready for this? You ready to hit the nail on the head? You ready to bring it down to brass tacks? Are you ready to put it on the money? John 3, uh, Caleb, let's go with John 3, verses 1 to 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. All right, now I want you to pay real close attention uh, to, to this verse and look at the language it's actually saying. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these, do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Because they're seeing the sign of the Son of Man. They hadn't seen that at that level since the man that came to Abraham in the tent in the cool of the day. That to see it, they had seen it through the prophets in a degree. But to see it like that? They're saying, wow, we haven't seen that since the days of Abraham. So we know that you are a man come from God. All right? Now catch it. For, for, for we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man. Now catch it. Look at the gap in his revelation. Jesus to him is just a teacher. He's just a man. And that's the problem. See? For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. That is so short of the truth. God wasn't just with him. God was in him. God was him. Jesus answered and said unto him, here he is, going to put it on the brass tacks. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. That's that's hitting the nail on the head. That just bypasses everything Aristotle ever would think. That bypasses man's wisdom. You've got to come. Wisdom, man's wisdom is no good. It's wisdom versus the faith of the Son of God. I already know what I want today. But you're no way to get it until you're willing to surrender you. Stop being you. Now, since we're talking about man, thank you, Brother Caleb. Since we're talking about man, but be ready, I got some more. We're going to be in the book of Matthew quite a bit. So, since we're talking about man, all right, uh, let's go to the owner's manual, all right? We need to thoroughly understand our subject. So, let's go to Matthew 4, and we'll catch 18 to 19. This is the plan of God for us all. You ready? How many want to know God's plan? And Jesus, Matthew 4, 18, 
And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Nothing wrong with that. They had a good career. They were dutifully support, su- supplying the need of their family. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't change their human occupation to do this. In other words, he's tying it together that, yeah, you're going to have jobs and families. You're going to pay bills and take vacations. You're going to have times of church and recreation and prayer. You're going to have what we call the functions of living. But just remember, I'm calling you to be more than that. I'm actually calling you that in your life, I need you to not just be fishers of fish, but fishers of men. All right, Matthew, let's go on to Matthew chapter 6. Watch the warning of the Lord Jesus here. One second, make sure. Yeah, okay. So so we're, we're, we're coming down and we're talking about the the, the difference between humanity and God and what it really takes to have a fulfilled life. So Jesus here is going to caution us in Matthew 6, 2, and he says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Today, I thought to myself, I'm going to announce that I'm, I, I almost subtitled my sermon, The Problem with Men. Now, calm down, sisters. I don't mean it like that. Calm down. We're talking about mankind. We're talking about humanity, all right? Man, every sister in here sat up straight when I said that. Tell it, Brother Jason. <laughs> Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. It's an interesting thing that that Jesus actually never accepted the praise or the testimony of men. They come to him in John, said, you know, who give us your credentials. You know, you're, you're, you've got one witness. Who's your other witnesses? And Jesus just told him, looked him right in the eye, and he said, I don't, first of all, I don't receive the witness of men. But, you know, if you, if you have to know, what about John? What did John say I was? Oh, if you believe John, then you'll receive me. If you don't receive me, then you wouldn't believe him. See, because my prophet came to declare me. But, but just so you know, I don't, I'm the head of a, I'm the head of a kingdom That's going to be filled with people who don't regard the testimony of men. We don't, we're not interested. I don't need men to to, uh, vote and agree with me. I need God to vindicate my ministry. See? And so actually, Paul amplifies it in his letters, in his letter to the Romans. We're not going to go there today, but Paul takes it teaching that not only, not only do real believers not depend on it that actually real believers don't pursue it 
They don't chase it. They don't care about fortune and glory, popularity, clicks or likes. They, they, don't, they don't accept it and they don't chase it. Hallelujah. My, men, mankind is just messed up. I hope I can get you to see that today. I hope I can get you to see that day. Say, well, man, you're going to hurt my feelings. Well, I'm hurting mine too. See? We're, we're messed up people. And there is no chance for us except God come down in his mercy and give us his mind today. How many want his mind today? Here's another problem. On into Matthew, Matthew 19. See, so as we come to Matthew 19, so, so I, 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 wanna, I just want to make this, I'll give you the verse in a second, Brother Caleb. I want to make this final point here at Matthew 6 is that Acceptance by the world or agreement from the world order is not required for me to have perfect faith in what I'm doing. In fact, really, and in, in, in probably in perfect contradistinction, if I'm, if I'm getting the applause of the world, I probably have a problem. Amen? I mean, you know, it should be a red flag if we find that our beliefs and our ways are comparable with the world order or the worldview. I don't have nor want a worldview, not the world order. I don't mind being here in the world. It's God created. It's my world. I own it. It's, part, it's for, my fa- for his family. And, but I don't want the, the world order in its fallen condition. And I don't. I don't want the plaudits of the world because then I would be nervous. How is it that the world is accepting me so easily? They didn't accept Jesus. They didn't accept the prophets. Jesus said that to them. Which of the prophets did your fathers not kill? Tell me which disciple, which apostle was popular that they didn't martyr? See? So, it's not that the Lord is saying to us, go out and be an oddball. Brother Branham was against you doing that. He said, now he's not against you being an oddball, but he was against you making yourself odd. Because that's just another form of, of, of wisdom, of man's wisdom. Don't make yourself odd. Just be a Christian. You'll be odd enough just doing that. See? All right, now, Caleb, we'll go to Matthew 19, 12. Here's men promoting and positioning other men. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. God made them that, see. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. Boy, the last thing I would, I would want to think that when I, when I go home on Sunday afternoons, I always find myself grateful that I can look back and see how God moved in his word and I already know it's beyond me. And I'm so glad to know that when problems come and trials and tribulations and things and you have problems or I have problems, I'm so glad to know that I've not been called of men and I've not been hatched out of an incubation chamber. We, we are the true living saints of the Lord God. He's obligated to us to keep us, to protect us, to help us, to instruct us. 
I, I think that every time I come out that door, Lord, I'm about to bring the word. I can't do anything for these people, but I know the word is supernatural and it'll go out and wherever believing hearts receive it, it'll fix them. It'll fix me. It'll fix us. Hallelujah. See? So some are made eunuchs of men. Why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing to have men and these programs of men? Glad you asked. That's a good question. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, 21. Here's why that's a bad thing. For from within, out of the heart of who? Men. Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. So, if we are, if I'm a man and I am, then I, and I don't have adulteries and fornications in my mind. And I don't have murders in my mind. I, I, I think about the love of God and about purity and about holiness. So I have to conclude that I'm a different kind of man than what he's talking about. Thank God. I'm not that kind of a man. See? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 15. <clears throat> Sorry to jump you around today, Brother Caleb. Getting a good workout. So here, you're going to find in Matthew 15, and we're going to go 6 to 9, you're going to find out that the worship of men is rejected by God. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition, ye hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me. Brother Branham would take this so many times and say, Look, they actually worship. Cain worshiped. They all, they all try to come and worship. Judas tried to worship. Caiaphas has made a living worshiping. Caiaphas, see. And so, but Jesus doesn't deny their efforts to worship, but in vain do they worship me. Here's why. Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. There's no value in it. If your experience in the Word of God is just human wisdom and human assent to teaching, if you can logically, if, if this is the limit, I logically can see this teaching of God's prophet in the Bible, so I agree with it, I believe it. I, 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 that's the way I should do, that's the way I should go, that's the way I should live. I want to tell you something, friends, that's a good thing. And I got, because Brother Ram said it has to start there. You have to agree with the word. He said if he can ever get that inner man to agree with the word, then that nature dies and a seed gene comes to life. That's the new birth. But it's got to go from here to here. It's got to because this will, this, I promise you, this will desert you in times of trouble. If the, you say, well, I've, I've had trouble, but if the temperature gets hot enough, this will desert you. This will have all kinds.
kinds of things. This will care. Do you like that right there? You won't know whether to, whether to come here or sick them. You won't can't go forward. You can't back up. You're just going in a circle. You're just in chaos. Come back and let the mind of Christ be in you. I mean, I want you to think about how politically incorrect, you know, in a large part of America, if Jesus showed up in Washington, D.C. and said this about the Jews. With the climate right now, with the political climate right now, if Jesus Christ showed up at the Capitol Rotunda and stepped out on the steps of the Capitol building and said, you Jews, you're hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying, you draw nigh to me with your mouth and honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. My, the conservative right would want to shut him down. See? But Jesus is not speaking just narrowly to Jews who, who were unfaithful to Jehovah. You know, that it's broader than that. It's Jesus is speaking universally to anybody, to, to anybody that takes the traditions of men over the word of God. It doesn't matter what your lineage, heritage, or nationality is. He's speaking to the whole world. See? So the traditions of men can't be relied on. History shows that. History shows implicitly, incontrovertibly, that, that mankind is forever straying away from the word of God. You know, uh, the original word of God. And, and, it, and even, you know, I would say that one of the most reliable things about hum fallen humanity is he's unreliable to stay true to the word of God. That's his most reliable characteristic is that he's unreliable to stay true to the word of God. And it doesn't matter if he starts in a perfect environment like Eden or if he starts in a perfect recycling and a perfectly cleaned off world like Noah. From there, man will still go off the path. And it didn't even take long. I, I, I want to explore that further in part three, but I, I, I want to move on. So he always starts... You know, it doesn't matter what the condition of the Lord is. Humanity has never not done that over time. Here is a, a look at the history of mankind. I'll give you this much of it. Here's, a, here's a, a sneak peek, a quick peek of the history of mankind towards the word. Jesus is going to give us this in the middle, actually a little further than the middle, because he's, he's, he's at roughly, you know, the 4,000-year mark since Eden, roughly. And there's only about a, roughly a couple thousand more years until the whole plan of redemption is wound up. Amen. So he's, he's a good two-thirds of the way when he says in Matthew 17, and we're going to catch verses 22 to 23. <clears throat> and while they abode in Galilee... Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. So the appetite for fallen humanity 
has proven over 4,000 years at this point. Over 4,000 years, Jesus is speaking authoritatively that the appetite of fallen humanity is not toward God's word. Matthew 16, 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Friends, I, I, I've had weeks to think about this. I, I, I preached part one two weeks ago, and all of the concepts that I'm bringing you today were in my mind when the Lord began to lay this burden on my, on my heart. Read it again. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me. Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, he's not talking to Peter. He's talking about the spirit that's anointing him. Peter's not Satan. You, you're, if you're a child of God, you're not the devil. And you never can be. If you're predestinated to be a wheat, you'll always be that. Amen. See. And so he turned to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So, so I have to conclude that even sons of God, you know, um, even, even sons of God who make it a practice of being led by the Spirit of God can actually find themselves thinking 180 degrees opposite of the will of God. Now, it's a fair argument if you say that Peter didn't have the new birth yet. That's true, but the new birth didn't take away the fallen nature out of his fallen flesh. Paul picks that up. When I would do good, evil is still present. I want to do the things of God, but I, and the, uh, but I don't. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. I'm a wretched man. This, Paul, speaking of his born-again self, I'm still a wretched man. Who shall deliver me? There's only one. I can't deliver myself. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so it, it is true that Peter wasn't yet full of the Holy Spirit, but even after he received the new birth, he still had his fallen ten senses. You know, so, I mean, you, you could say today, preacher, wow, you're starting to really step on our toes. Who, 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 who are you talking about, preacher? You know, you remember my story about being stopped out in this parking lot many years ago. Were you preaching on me? Yeah, I was. I was preaching to everybody. If the shoe fits, wear it. Y'all know the other half. If you don't like the shoe, grow and it won't fit no more. See? Here's a better question. Here's a better question, and, and, and not to ask the preacher, but ask yourself. Because remember from the owner's manual? Y'all remember in the owner's manual when David said, I thought on my ways? Hallelujah. So here's the question we should be asking. It's the question I must ask me. I'm going to ask three people, me, myself, and I. And the question is, do I, do I want to do something or anything without the leadership of the Holy Ghost? And the answer is no. No, I don't. Not ever, not today, not tomorrow. I can't trust me, but I do trust him. Yeah. 
Do I want to lead myself? No, I don't. Not today. Not ever. See? If mankind in his fallen condition could accomplish this, without the help of the Lord, we wouldn't need a millennium. If in his fallen condition he could accomplish this, there would be no more prejudice or bias or injustice. There would be no lust to conquer or dominate. It would truly be one for all and all for one. And I'm here to tell you, thanks be to God, that'll never be more true than in a millennial world. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day, friends, with all my heart. Where, gee, where the Bible, God told to Isaiah, I make a new heaven and a new earth. Peter picked that up. He said, I make all things new. Give me Isaiah 65, Caleb. Let's read it before we go home. Oh, yeah. I'm doing good. Just pray for my strength. <clears throat> Here's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Peter, this is, this is the verse he was talking to me. He said, so it, for it's written. And... Verse, Isaiah 66, verse 22 through 24. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me saith the Lord. I know the world is in turmoil. I know it's falling apart, but it shall come to pass. I know there's trouble and killing and violence, but it shall come to pass. I know we have ups and downs and trials and tribulations, but it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of men that have transgressed against me for their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. You see, if you, if you, if you look at it from a human perspective, you're, you'll always be out of balance. Because we find that if, if I just said to you today, let, let me just give you a quick breakdown, and this is a simplified version, Okay. It's far more intricate than I have time to cover today. But God working among men simplified. You ready? So God has only ever directly, and underscore that word, because God has dealt with, he, God, the sun comes up every day and declares the glory of the Lord. Paul said the ancient people saw God in nature. Doesn't mean he was directly talking to them like he did Abel or like he did Noah, or like he did Enoch, or like he did Moses. You understand? You understand? But God, but God fills all time, space, and eternity. But, but, but God has only ever directly worked through his seed line, and that alone, directly. See? That, that you see that manifested from Seth to Noah before the flood? And that's, of course, before Abraham and his blood descendants, before the Jews ever even came on the earth. Amen? A couple thousand years before the, the Jewish nation ever came on the earth, God was working with his seed line. And, and, and um, Dr. Schofield picks that up. 
And Brother Branham endorses that, where Schofield named those five. You know, you start out with innocence, the age of innocence, Adam and Eve in a Garden of Eden. Remember that? They were innocent. There was a veil. They didn't know they were naked. They there was no such thing as sin. See? And then, and then you come out, and then you're going to pick up uh, after the fall, then the Bible refers to every man did what was right in, in his own sight. Remember that? And then number three, I think, was human government. This is from memory. And, uh, and, then, and then number four was, because human government under, remember Nimrod, and they come out of the ark, and then they started populating the earth. And I'm going to go into that more heavily in part three. But then they came, but then come the age of promise under Abraham. Remember that? And then, and then number five was the law under Moses. Then, the, then, the, then grace under Christ. Amen. Amen. Then, then the kingdom, the seventh, the kingdom. And that's why Brother Branham said these seals, when he was preaching the seals and he comes to the seventh seal, he said, I guess you noticed the little Collins boy, the case in that leukemia girl. And those were great miracles. Brother Branham said, what is it? It's the kingdom coming. As it has been, because it had been coming. Once those seals were open, that's the beginning of the lion of the tribe of Judah bringing the kingdom. Hallelujah. Oh, what are you a part of today, friends? You don't have to go by your own wits. You don't have to worry about your own sick mind. You can, you can say, I want the mind of Christ. And you have access to it. See, so, so he manifested from Seth to Noah. From, from Noah to Abraham, you know, and then from Abraham came Israel and then through Moses and then David and then all the way out to John the Baptist. And now God, once again, from the time of Moses, he's dealing only directly with his seed line in the earth, and that's Israel. And then we find that Jesus, the Christ, comes who's the keystone between the Old and New Testament and after Israel's rejection of Messiah as a nation. And for the last 2,000 years, he has only dealt directly with Christian Gentiles. Only. See? So they're, they're saying because there's salvation in no other name. Is that the Bible? Is that what the owner's manual says? There's no salvation in any other name except the name of Jesus. See? So, and then after his, this is, this is simplified. And then after his Gentile bride is taken to the wedding supper, he will again return uh, under Moses and Elijah to claim true Israel, totaling 144,000. Remember, that's 12,000 out of each tribe, 12 tribes. And, uh, and, and from the, so from the time of Abel, God has always punished sin and rebellion against his word and so it's not about a nationality see God will destroy all ungodliness he will he will destroy the ungodly Christian so called he will destroy the ungodly Jew so called he will destroy the ungodly heathen see so, you know, and then, of course, heathens, presumably, the, at least the ones down through time who responded to the word correctly enough, you know, in some way, uh, even perhaps if, if it's just in nature alone, they're, they're going to be granted to be raised up in the millennium to, hear, to have their chance to hear the gospel. Oh, God's got a plan. My goodness. 
What a plan. And then after a thousand years of peace on earth comes that great and final judgment of all humanity from Genesis forward. See, so it's not about a nation. It's Brother Branham even talked about during the Holocaust how that he said it's not those, those who are granted eternal life. He said it's not a nation because they protected Jews because there was a number of European nations that took Jews in. And Brother Branham said, that's not going to give their nation a pass. Just like this land had the greatest prophet to ever strike since Paul. That's not going to give America a pass. It, it, because she rejected it, you see. So, so not all Christians are real Christians. Not all Jews are real Jews. Not all Israel's is real Israel. Understand? So we don't get caught up in the political. You understand? We don't get caught up in the political. That's not for us. I know the plan of God. I know who his people are. I know what will happen to Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be the capital of Christ, the king, and Israel will be restored as the leading nation of the world. That's prophecy. But it's not the Wall Street guys. It's those real children of Abraham. It's not just because you joined a church or shook the preacher's hand, but it's a bride who has given up her identity to Christ alone. And she's surrendered her mind and she's in tune with the word of God for this hour. Brother Brandon makes this statement and I started to put it in a PowerPoint, but I didn't. I just want to read it to you. It's one quote from Blushing Prophet. Brother Kenny, bring your team and come come on. I want to read this. Don't, don't run out the door now. Just let the team come. Don't be distracted. I want you to listen. I'm closing. Brother Branham says in Blushing Prophet, November the 25th in an evening service in 1956, this is one of, not the, but this is one of the last sermons that the America will get to hear while she still has an opportunity to change course and repent as a nation and follow Christ. Sadly, she doesn't take it. 1957 dawns with America under an irreversible, inescapable judgment. So here's a prophet. When I read this, I thought, Lord, I'm going to include this in my sermon today because I want to identify. I'm guilty. Not a way for a prophet to start. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not doing the job of God like I should do. I'm confessing it that I'm wrong. I'm asking God to be merciful to me. I look out here and see the opportunities that I have missed because of petty things, little old insignificant things that didn't mean nothing. I'm ashamed of myself. As a gospel minister before you, I repent before God and ask God to forgive me.
and the church to forgive me for being so dilatory about the work of God. By the grace of God and by the help of God. How many want that? By the grace of God and by the help of God. I'll not listen to what everyone trying to tell you something to do. They got a program. They got something for you to do. Nonsense. I know God's program. It's written out here in his Bible. And I'm ashamed. See, Brother Branham is trying to get away from the idea of not only men, but even his own mind, even his own self. See, and I, I, I and I, when I go come to this again, Brother Branham gives a lot of detail about what happened to him in Africa and got trapped up in organized men who paid for his trip and he was and he was stuck because he didn't have enough money to get home and they wanted to change his itinerary and God told him not to do it and they pressured him and he did it and the Lord what can I do I'm trapped I'm stuck and the Lord said okay you do it but I'll, I'll bless it however you're going to pay a hard price for it and I want to go I want to go to there in part three and he says I know God's program it's written out here in the Bible I'm ashamed of myself as a minister of the gospel. One million souls won. I ought to have 10 million souls won. I'm way behind. Wow, I can't hardly get my mind around saying that. I ought, a million souls won, and I still feel bad because it should have been 10 million. Back in the day, I used to write a lot of poetry. Writing is kind of what I do, essays and things like that. I excel at that, thank the Lord. Have an easy time putting my thoughts to paper. And I used to, I mean, I used to be quite the romantic. Amen. Sister Debbie has a stack of poetry I used to write to her. And I would write it about other things as well, anything that struck my fancy. And uh, once I caught her, <laughs> I didn't write it so much anymore. And when my mother-in-law, who I loved so greatly, passed away, I was there, you know, with her in her last days. And something happened. Somebody made a statement. And I just caught, I thought, wow, there's that old inspiration. And I grabbed a piece of paper and just started writing. And I wrote a poem and actually used it at her her funeral, her memorial service. And I read it and the family appreciated it and I appreciated the Lord for it. And it seemed like it opened up something. And I, I was thinking about this sermon and I wrote this. It's, it's two different versions of me. There's a me and then there's a, a real me. There's a you that's this, but there's another you. And it's the other one that needs to be in control. Amen. Brother Bram said, I found out there was another William Branham who was not the son of Charles and Ella Branham, but he was actually a son of Almighty God, come from the gene pool of Almighty God. Put your mind around that. And so I wrote these words. The me from he that was to be must be the he that leads. This he, you see, would always be the all 
he planned for me. It's me where all the troubles be, where falls and fails occur. So I must learn to yield and bend to his most blessed yearn. To place my trust in powers high beyond what I can see. What he would have for me to be would be the me. Bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for helping me in, in body. And I could feel the enemy trying to shut it down, but you just prevailed and we got through it. And I got to the point where I felt like I could pause for today. We'll pick it up again, Lord, if there is a tomorrow. If there's not, Lord, for us and tomorrow is our home in the sky, well, that'd be just fine by all of us, Lord. We long to be there, Father. We long to be at that wonderful gathering around the throne of God where all the family of God, where all wrongs will be made right, where everything will be fixed and will be fixed. I thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and the word today. I commit myself into your hands as I read this, read the prophet's own prayer. I, I take such an identity with it, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, if, if whatever way we've accomplished for you, there's no doubt we should have accomplished way more. According to the prophet, 10 times more. So Lord, I just say, Father, help me today. I can't I can't go back and fix everything and uh, I, I can't go back. Some things aren't fixable. All I can do is go right now from here and go forward trying to let your mind operate, Lord, in my life. And I pray you'll grant that to every one of us here today, Father. We're summing up humanity at the end time. We're summing up, Lord, where we've come to and what we're facing in the last days ahead. I pray that you will give us an urgency of spirit and mind to say, Lord, make me all that you would have me to be. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Let's sing, Brother King. I give my mind completely to you. And change my life. Change my life, Lord. Let me live in all that's true. Here it is. I just want to think like you. Oh, let's raise our hands and sing. I give my mind. I give my mind completely. to you. Grant it, Lord. Oh, if you haven't done that in a while, why don't you do it today? Why don't you make this a prayer? Change my life, Lord. Let me live in all that's true. I just want to think. I just want to think like you. 
that's so beautiful again now. Oh, I give my mind completely to you, Lord. Fill me with your thoughts. Make it all brand new and change my life. Let me live in all that's true. One more time before we go. Oh, I give my mind. God bless you, friends. God bless you, the love of God. Oh, the love of God. God bless you. Make sure you greet our visitors. God bless you. Oh, make it all brand new and change my life. Let me live.
See glory. 